Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. Hi, my name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of CareerGig and host of the Agile World podcast. Today, we're going to talk about staying agile in both the way that you work and the way that you approach branding. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Megan Ingram, founder of Ingram Digital Consulting. First, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you do at your agency? Yay. Thanks, Greg, for having me on. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So we are an all-remote digital agency. My experience in advertising and digital marketing has been very focused on the analytics side of the house. So the agency is really crafted with using digital analytics and digital strategy to fuel brand storytelling. And so we are an, we're a full service agency that really uses the digital analytics and the research combined with the strategy to help brands tell their stories um, in, a, in a number of different ways, whether that's strictly through digital research, SEO, or um, creative execution and various other pieces. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited um, and a lot of, it's been a lot of fun building it. Great. Well, yeah. Now, looking forward to to talking with you more. And so, let's let's start out uh, with how you run your agency. I mean, I think this is something where uh, something that is that is um, close to um, what I'm doing right now is this embracing this hybrid model of work. And so, you know, what I refer to as hybrid model means there's a mix of full time employees working alongside freelancers, 1099s, whatever whatever you want to call them. Um, it's interesting that you have uh, an agency that is, you know, really has a, an all or mostly freelance team. How did you come to that? Uh, you know, how did you decide that was the right approach? And, and you know, were there some steps to along the way where um, that kind of pointed you in that direction? Yeah. So, you know, I come from a varied experience from the agency world. So I've worked with both big agencies as large as Fleischmann, Hillard and Edelman and the small agency side of the house. And my last experience before I ended up starting and creating this agency was really focused on working with freelancers and freelance teams. And it really changed my thinking and about how agencies were staffing, the way we go about putting people and crafting teams. And from all that really drove my foundation and my approach for the agency, which is building what I call freelance Avenger style teams. And so it's really about using freelancers and creating teams that not only allow freelancers to work on the types of works and the types of projects that they want to work on, but also to build teams that are well suited to the client and the the projects that are being staffed. And I think by doing both, you really create um, better work, um, more focused work, um, and people enjoy um, working on those types of projects. Great. When... You know, do you recommend this approach to other companies that you work with? And you know, w- when you do, or when you talk with other people, what's uh, what's some things to keep in mind uh, when they're when they're considering? Are there any are there any considerations they should be making? Um, you know, before moving to a model similar to this. 
Yeah. I mean, one, I think every business has got to determine what's best for them. That being said, I do recommend the model. I think it's a model that works both from keeping uh, people happy and productive to how you're staffing and allowing, you know, for a young business like myself, it allows us to be lean too. So I, yeah. I think it's, it's both. It's really, it's trying to find the people that are best suited for that work. And I think also the industry as a whole is changing in how, how we are staffing. I mean, you're seeing even more larger agencies either move away from the agency of records that they're using, go to in-house type marketing. And I think just the makeup and the breakdown of how people are going to staff advertising projects moving forward is headed for a big shift, um, especially in the next year or two. Yeah. Do you, do you see this as a product of a certain size of, of agency or even company? Or in other words, is this something where if you were to grow, you would add some full-time employees to augment this? Or do you think that this is a, a sustainable model where you could really expand as much or, or as little as, as you want with, you know, with, with the current setup? I think, you know, we're, I'm definitely down the road considering the idea of bringing full-time players on. I think you could do it either way. It's, you know, is it scalable enough to build a, you know, a freelance team without having full employees? Yeah, I think it is. But yeah. at the same time, there are certain positions and roles where that gets harder and harder to do as you scale. Like, for example, like analysts in particular, that's a harder role to not to have a good amount of outsourcing to without having to bring them on in a certain way because of the training and some of the other things that you have to do in order to build teams like that. So I think that at yeah. some point there has to be some full-time employees, but um, can you scale with just this model? I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. And um, I, I agree. I mean, I, that's why I kind of started out with the, I think the hybrid model is not only here to stay, but it, it makes a ton of sense. And, and depending on the kind of industry that you're in, it may be that 95% of your team is, is, and always is a, you know, a freelance or contingent or, or whatever. And then some just key or, or core roles, whether they're back office or, or analysts or, or things like that, that, you, that you're mentioning, you know, some specific things um, play a, uh, play a role. But no, I, I, I definitely, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the, the world is moving in the, in the direction of more freelance talent and more highly skilled individuals doing, you know, freelance work and, and things like that. No, definitely hundred percent. Um, and I think we've seen, a, and even this year, especially we've seen so much positive movement in that direction, um, in terms of how even beyond just small businesses are staffing that way. Are there, when you talk with your clients, um, because you know ultimately they have to be okay with the uh, the arrangement in order to you know in order in order for you to sell the deal and stuff like that. What are some of the what are the some of the, the I guess the positives and negatives? I mean, do you hear some some concerns? Do you hear some um, some uh, maybe relief that you're not paying a bunch of salary? You know, like what are what are some of the the issues that your end customers um, kind of express, whether good or bad? Yeah, I mean, I think a few things. I mean, one, as you talk about larger companies, they do want to have a say in who that team is. Um, so there is some vetting that it has come up in, in conversations. Yeah. Um, but also, I think overall, they they like the approach. They, they're good with the approach. If you were a big agency and you were just selling your brand in normal times, I mean, there, there's not usually a whole lot of say in what who that team is. You're just selling the agency brand. So 
when you take that into like a freelancer team approach, I think most clients really like it and like the agility of it, the flexibility of the model, being able to kind of, the other thing we do is we're not an agency of record. So this is project-based work. So it's, you know, they hire us to do a digital strategy and digital research Well, you're bringing people along with that specific project in mind. So um, I think most clients are really like the model in terms of the flexibility of it. And have been very um, welcoming to that approach. I mean, you can even see this even outside of just agencies, like staffing companies and the way big brands have worked with staffing companies in terms of freelancers has been extremely successful because they allow them the flexibility to hire different types of people. And also they're taking on the management, like as an agency, you're taking on the management of that freelancer. So then that company doesn't have to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Great. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit um, to another topic that um, I, I, we're we're both interested in here, and uh, branding. So, you know, I, I wrote a book called The Agile Brand a few years ago, and um, you know, when I when I told some of my my marketing and, and branding friends and, and colleagues that I was writing a book with that title, there there was a bit of a reaction from some folks that. Uh, you know, well, you really shouldn't change your brand that often. So what's what's this agile um, being added to branding and, and stuff and stuff like that? So let's let's talk a little bit about that. And so for you, what does what does keeping a brand agile mean? Yeah, well, for one, it's being flexible, right? It's not being so locked in in any given situation that you don't have any room to change your approach. And so, you know, yes, you should have these core things that represent who you are as a brand. But once given circumstances happen like COVID or like this year, you're also listening to your community at any given moment and making adjustments and being flexible to the situation based on what you're seeing, hearing, feeling. And so I think for me, that's what really being flexible, being a flexible brand means is not being so locked in that you are unable to change your mind at any point in time. Yeah, I think another part of it is um, for me is the the idea that well, absolutely agree with with what you said, that idea that there's this underlying piece that doesn't change, you know, so in other words, to, to kind of give the, the a, a relief to, to some of those branding people out there that are like, well, what about mission and values and, and all those things? Yeah. I, you know, I definitely believe, and, and I know you, you and I talked about this earlier as well. I know, I know we both agree that, you know, you're not going to change and you shouldn't change your mission or your values. Um, rarely, if ever, I mean, so your values are really what make up your organization yeah. and, and your mission drives so much. So, it's it's not about changing that, but it's it's those things that you mentioned, which which do need to change. I mean, it's you know the the world moves. It's always been moving quickly, but the world moves fast enough that we need to be able to adapt. And you know, we see evidence of the brands that are man, they're stale. They're you know they're they feel they might only be a couple decades um, out of date, but they feel you know ten decades out of date and yeah. and stuff like that. So how do you how do you work with with those those more unmoving pieces and how do you how do you help clients keep that in mind as well well i mean at the end of the day you can't force a brand to do anything that they don't want to do so i mean i would always encourage a brand to be flexible like you could take for example like what some of the events that have happened and something as simple as should we post today or not right yeah and 
you can tell a brand, hey, this is what we would recommend. But at the end of the day, it's almost it's always their decision. So, you know, you try and be, you know, careful and and give them what you would consider the right approach or the right way to handle it based on what you're seeing and what the environment is. And then they have to make a determination about what they want to do. And brands have handled it, you know, a multitude of different ways, as we've seen over the last year. But um, at the end of the day, I do think that the brands who have listened to their audience, who have made changes, whether it's a campaign that really, you know, speaks to uh, what their audience is feeling and saying, uh, those brands have really reaped the rewards of having what, you know, building a social community and having consumers that really appreciate um, them taking uh, a step back and really assessing how their audience is feeling in a given moment. Yeah, yeah. That's um, anything else that companies need to keep in mind, um, you know, as they maintain agility. I mean, how do you, in other words, how do you kind of prep your your clients and, and those you're talking with about um, what they should expect or, or or things like that as they as they really embrace agility and, and branding? I mean, for me, we like to do a lot of social listening. So again, it's, you know, taking a bee of your audience and continually listening to them. And, you know, I like to always like on a frequent basis with clients, continue to give them that information that we're seeing so that they can make an informed decision. And then part of a flexible brand is then determining what is the right course of action. Sometimes it's to do nothing. Sometimes it's to, you know, hey, we're going to build a campaign or we're going to put our money somewhere else. Um, you know, so that's their determination, but be, but always li- being an active listener and really uh, listening to what it is that your audience is saying and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one last question before we wrap things up here, um, going back to the, the agency model, this is certainly, um, you know, having, having run an agency for a number of years, I'm, I, I still think about it quite a bit and, um, you know, tr- still trying to crack some of those those codes there and, and stuff. But going back to that and, and thinking a little bit further out, you know, agency of the future. Um, do you think that more agencies are going to follow your lead and in, in growing a more like freelance team approach? Um, what about, you know, other things like are you seeing increased automation changing your business? Uh, you know, what, what do you think the marketing agency five years out is, is going to look like? I think you're definitely going to see a shift in the staffing. I think even for bigger agencies, they're, as we speak, really reassessing how they staff and why they staff. Um, You know, another thing that really happened over the last year is the agencies that focused and did not diversify, that put all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, really were in a, a hard spot with how they staffed, if they were even able to keep their staff in terms of how the market played out in certain industries. So I think it's, it's again, put a um, premium on, you know, one of the nice things about being a freelance is you don't take in projects you don't have. It allows you to be flexible, agile. It allows you to be lean. And, and then with that, it allows you as a business to be a little bit more flexible to situations um, as they come up. And yeah. so I think you will see even with large agencies that kind of mindset uh, as they evaluate how much staff they want to bring on for a given project, what people they're going to take on and in what respects. Um, and they, there should be, I think there will be more opportunities for freelance roles um, within agencies at large. 
Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the the specialization alone required is it, it just makes sense. I mean, your your teaming model makes a ton of sense because you know not every client. I mean, I, I know having run an agency, the the concern from the budget conscious. Not every client is you know budget is the sole consideration, but you know the budget conscious clients were like man, I know I'm paying overhead for a bunch of people sitting around that I'm not even, you know, able to utilize because I don't need social media marketing. I only want X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that alone, you know, from a, from an operations, from that pragmatic, you know, buyer, let's just say that that makes financial sense, but also simply from, man, I mean, how do you, how do you specialize in everything? You, you simply can't. And so yeah. I do think it makes a lot of sense as there's just increased, as there's more channels, there's more tactics, there's more platforms, you know, all of those things. I mean, how do you, how do you kind of stay on top of, cause you have a, you have an advantage in being able to be flexible. How do you stay on top of the people that you kind of need to add to your, to your teams? I mean, I'm always out there looking for certain things. And, and like you, like you said, there are certain specialties that are in, like increasingly popular. Like you look at something like an animation designer, right? Like that's a very specific type of role and you need a, a certain individual. So I'm always out there looking for those types of roles and those types of people who can fill those projects so that is, if and when you have those sort of needs that come up, then you're able to fill, fill out those types of projects. And so, you know, it's continuing to make sure that you're being diversified in the types of people and the types of roles uh, that you bring on and that uh, we uh, are recruiting yeah, yeah. Well, Megan, thanks so much for, for joining. Um, for those listening, um, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on social and my handle is at the data outlier, or if you are interested in the brand, it's at Ingram Digital and the website is IngramDigitalConsulting.com. So any one of those ways you can find me um, and I definitely love to hear from people. Great. Well, thanks again. Um, I'd like to thank Megan Ingram, founder of Ingram uh, Digital Consulting, for joining the show. Uh, thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.